0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Bellringer podcast, hosted by Sixers Wire of USA Today Sports Media Group. I am your host, the editor of the Sixers Wire site, Kai Carlin. I got my guy with me out there in Cleveland, Ohio, Cameron Fields. What's going on, Cam?
1: Hey, what's up, Kai? Man, I've been doing pretty well. Hopefully, the weather gets nicer here in Cleveland because my birthday is tomorrow, and it's just like, man, please, please. <laughs> Because it's, it's kind of chilly today, so, you know.
0: That's right, man. We've got a birthday celebrating tomorrow. So happy early birthday uh, to my guy, Cam. It was snowing here, like, like the other day on uh, Saturday. And, I, and, and I'm like, yo, what did we do to make 2020 <laughs> hate us so much? I like, don't know. Like, what did we do to God or whoever, like, like for, for him to be like, yo, 2020, I'm messing everybody up. <laughs> I'm gonna send out a virus. I'm gonna send. Out, I'm gonna cancel the NBA. I'm gonna cancel baseball. Like everything. And I'm like, oh, like, what did we do, God? What did we do? <laughs> what did
1: we do? To so, man,
0: I don't understand it. Anyway, guys, it's been very busy in in Sixer land, Not very busy to the point to where like they're playing basketball games because obviously nobody's playing basketball games right now. But there have been some kind of some interesting news pieces, interesting debate topics that have come out the last couple of days. Uh, one was a redraft actually done by um by Bleach Report from 2016. And they had the Philadelphia 76ers selecting Pascal Siakam uh, with the first overall pick rather than Ben Simmons. And they had Simmons going two to the Los Angeles Lakers. And honestly, Cam, it's kind of debatable because, I mean, is Ben Simmons a better player than Siakam? Sure. But Siakam has... He's probably fit better for today's game rather than a guy like Ben because he can actually shoot the ball.
1: Yeah, I mean, with the Pascal Siakam, uh, the redraft, the 2016 redraft, I feel like you could still go Ben Simmons number one there just because he has, you know, such a unique skill set where it's 10 point guard, basically. I mean, you have him at that size where, you know, he's got some weight to him as well. He's not like a, a skinny guy. So you have Ben Simmons at 6'10", being able to distribute. Um, he can put You can put him off the ball in some situations too. As a screener, I think that's something that they started to see this season that could work very well but really he's one of he has some of the best vision in the league in my opinion. So I see where you know you people would go if Pascal Siakam in that redraft because you know he's a champion. He was the number 2 behind Kawhi Leonard and this season he really evolved into a legitimate number 1 option. You know, he was like the guy in Toronto, but I still think you could go Ben Simmons there just because he's a good player in his own right but I see where people are
0: I don't think that you can really go wrong with either guy right when like really when you look at it um Siakam this year has he obviously he won most improved player in 2019 but honestly he was on his way to winning most improved player again in 2020 like if we're going to be completely honest like the dude like took his game to another level and that's really what people are waiting for Uh, With Simmons, I feel like everybody's waiting for him to take that next step offensively because that's all anybody really cares about. Nobody really wants to look at the defensive numbers when in reality, in reality, Ben Simmons is an elite defender. Like he locks down so so many different guys and he really he's morphed into a closer on the defensive end. Like, if that makes any sense, like he's closed games out just by getting a big stop defensively or or getting a steal, getting his hand in the passing lanes. He's leading the league in steals. Um, as you mentioned, Cam, his vision is just out of this world. And he really does so many different things. But the reason why people bring this up all the time is because, and honestly, we can even segue that into Larry Brown's comments made the other day. He doesn't shoot the ball. And Siakam does. And he does it at a pretty good clip. Now, Larry Brown actually joined uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia's podcast, Sixers Talk, with Paul Hudrick. And he basically said, why is everybody worrying about Ben Simmons taking a jump shot? And But then he kind of like tailed off and be like, well, the game is different. He's got to shoot the ball. And that's why those Siakam-Simmons debates, you know, they, they become really real.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just like about finding a nice balance. I mean, I don't think Ben Simmons, to be honest, I think Ben Simmons could go the rest of his career without shooting it through and still have good impact. but. I think what he should really start to refine is that mid-post game where he's backing down some smaller guys and he can get that separation because he's shown that um, that he can be pretty good in that area in terms of getting turnaround jumpers in the mid-post. And uh, he, he's slashed that jumper in that area pretty well. So I think if he can refine that jump shot, and you know, be able to take on smaller defenders that can be very good for him.
0: Yeah, there's always a couple of different things that he can really do offensively. He can finish, he can get to the basket, as you mentioned, work in the like the mid post a little bit, show some post moves down there, and he can still finish uh, effectively and still be a very good offensive player. But because this league is so predicated on that jump shot, and this is why everybody always tries to break apart the Simmons and Joel Embiid duo, it's because he can't shoot. And it's and, and it's not really necessarily because he can't shoot, he won't shoot. Like he just he he yeah. just he refuses to even attempt it. And I think that if he would actually even attempt to take a mid-range jumper or attempt a three-pointer, we wouldn't be having this conversation. You know, we'd we'd be sitting here right. like, okay, yeah, Ben Simmons for sure, 2016, you do it again, you absolutely do that again. But Siakam, yeah. Ockham, Siakam's out here. He's six foot. He's six. I think nine. And he's taking right, yeah,
1: around there, yeah.
0: Yeah, and he's taking six threes a game, and he's he's hitting them at like thirty six percent, thirty seven percent. That's good numbers. And it's like, and you look at Ben, it's like, dude, can you take just one a game? That is why that that is why the debate yeah. really does become like a real thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, and then I think too, uh, we got into this the last podcast where with Ben and Joel and B, I I think that eventually, sooner than later, they're gonna have to be like, okay how can we get the most out of each player while still not having to trade on um, either player? So it's right. like, Hey, can we have um, different lineups where both you guys can thrive? Can we have a lineup with Joel and bead where it's like, Hey, you don't have to shoot as many jump shots. Um, and then we Ben, it's like, Hey, we can play more fast. And then he can basically play the five, but run the point on, you know, play the five, like defensively, but run the point on offense. So it's like, hey, how can we make the best of both worlds happen and, you know, still not trade you guys because you're both very valuable to us and I don't think the Sixers are as good if they trade either, either one of those players.
0: No, I've, honestly, I don't even consider trading either of them because, I mean, I, I mentioned this before and honestly, Cam, you just kind of dipped into it. Their problem isn't Simmons and Embiid. The problem is they paid Tobias Harris $180 million and paid Al Horford another $109 million. That that was your big issue, and you let J.J. Reddick walk. So now you're relying on capable shooters like Harris and Horford and Josh Richardson, and and you don't have that sharpshooter. Like that is why everybody tries to you know break up Ben and Joe, and it's not even Ben and Joe really. It's the it's the pieces surrounding them. So on top of that, it's because Ben doesn't take a jump shot. Like like he definitely you know kind of feeds into that. The problem isn't them they had a lot of success with those two in the past. The reason why it's not working this year is because the, the pieces surrounding them just aren't, you know, they don't fit the superstar duo.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's tough because yeah, as you mentioned that the the fit around them is, is bad. I, I think that there, it was a mistake made where, they let Jimmy Butler walk. I mean, I feel like, you know, they could have done a way, like they could have been fine, you know, not having J.J. Redick. But when you got rid of Jimmy Butler, it's like, hey, this is, that's kind of, you can kind of connect, like talking about how we can make the best world of both worlds, he can kind of connect both players. He can play with either player, and then both of those players can succeed in respective lineups. So you have something where Jimmy Butler's playing with Joel Embiid, Jimmy Butler's running more of the point he just feeds Joel Embiid, you know, and then Ben, and then when Ben Simmons was of Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler plays his more traditional position of the wing. And he, he just does his Jimmy Butler scoring type of traditional role. Ben Simmons is Ben Simmons and you have Tobias Harris too. And where he's just Tobias Harris shooting, spreading the floor, that kind of thing. So I think that Jimmy Butler could have been a nice, you know, connection, where they would have been able to have, like, the best of both wor- worlds and not have to trade, you know, not have to think about trading either Ben Simmons or John B.
0: The big thing is Jimmy just Jimmy didn't get along with Brett Brown. I mean, like, if Brett and Jimmy could have been, like, at least civil towards each other, then Jimmy would still be here. Just, unfortunately, it just, it was so icy, and the tension was just, like, so thick. It was just, like, the writing was kind of on the wall. Gotcha. Like, as soon as, as soon as that Kawhi shot dropped, which today is actually the one-year anniversary of that shot, Sixers fans, right. I'm sorry. As soon as that Kawhi shot dropped, and, you know, Joel and all the emotions came flowing out. And I went to exit interviews the next day, and I asked Jimmy, and Jimmy was like, hmm, I don't know, we'll, uh, we'll figure it out. And as soon as he said that, I was like, okay, he's gone. He's gone. He's not gotcha. coming back. So it was like. Makes sense, yeah. Well, because you're absolutely right. Like, if Jimmy was here, then we'd be talking about a totally different Sixers team, and they would probably be like the two, th- the two seed or the three seed or something. And
1: then you don't have to get Al Horford, you know? Right. You don't. I have mean, to, you, you don't to have to. Al. And then, I mean, you got. I mean, obviously, you know, you try trying to figure out what the money, you know, Tobias Harris. And it's like, hey, I mean, you this sacrifices has got to be made, you know. I mean, Jimmy Butler's a better player than Tobias Harris, so Jimmy Butler would you know, warrant more money than Tobias Harris. They play, you know, basically the same position, uh, you know, basically the same position, Tobias Harris, you know, more capable of running four, but he's still a forward in the, in the general sense. And basically um, you would have to pay Tobias Harris $180 million. Right. Yeah. You just have to pay him what, you know, and just Tobias Harris. I mean, he's a good player, but he, to me, he's like on that Chris Middleton level. And to me, I mean, Chris yeah. Middleton's an all-star, but still, I think Chris Middleton is, yeah, one of those, like, complimentary, call it complimentary starter. I mean, I, I think, you know, having that would have been a better, you know, it would have been a better season for Philly if they just were able to keep that, that core intact. I feel like if they would
0: have been able to keep at least J.J., Like, let's just say Jimmy Lee. And, like, you could at least keep J.J. around and shoot That would have been better, too. Yeah, because that's because, again, if you surround Joel and Ben with non-shooters or just only capable shooters, you're not going to have this type of success offensively that you had in the past. And the offensive, you know, their net ratings, their offensive rating together, proves that. Two years ago, their offensive rating was close to 100. I think their offensive rating was like 115 Last year, it was like 114. This year, it's only 104 because of that crazy drop. And everybody automatically thinks it's because Ben and Joe can't play together. And it's like, that's not true. It's very simple. Their officer ratings were higher last two years because you had the right pieces surrounding them. It's, I don't know. It's, it's not that hard to figure out. It really mind boggles me that people try to break up that duo because it's like, there's no way. You don't do that right yeah. now. You give them like a, enough time as they can. They're 23 and 25 years old. Give them enough time to continue to grow and develop and then really see how they go in about a year or two.
1: Yeah, for sure. And then um, Larry Brown, uh, going back into his comments, he was speaking more about Joel Embiid. He was like, hey, Embiid's got to live in the post. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, Larry Brown, he's part of the old guard um, coaching before well, coaching the NBA before, you know, the three point uh, boom and evolution and all that. So he's part of more of like big man lives in the posts. Um, but I think there's definitely some truth to that because there were, there's been times where I'm like, why is Joel Embiid even out there? And, I'm, and there'll be like games where he just shoots too many threes. Like there will be games where he shoots like four or five threes. And I'm like, dude, you shouldn't be shooting this many threes, like two. And if you're go if you got a good, you know, night going for you, maybe like try three. But you know, three at the MAC, um, four or five. I just think like you, he should only be taking that much if like he just has this ultra good night. If he's just on, and right. I mean and, and, that's going to be very rare,
0: right? And and it's because he's seven feet tall and he's so dominant in the paint to where like if you give him the ball, it's either going to be a bucket or a foul every single time. Yeah, and like there was a time. I think the Cavs were actually in town and he fouled out like half the front line and, and like, you know, a half. And, 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 it's, and it's because he's so dominant and he's so, you know, he's got finesse moves in the post. He's, yeah. he, knows what he's, he knows what he's doing down there. But unfortunately it kind of comes down to the fact where, again, we're circling back to Ben Simmons, your point guard won't shoot a three. So you have to kind of like replace that by having your seven foot center who can at least capably shoot them. Take four or five threes a game just for the offense to work. Now, again, uh, that Jackie McMullen piece, Ben says he's going to try to shoot more or or he knows it's coming. And Elton Brand said uh, last week that the the Sixers are going to encourage him to shoot three-pointers. But, again, it's going to come down to a fact to where if Ben doesn't shoot the ball, you you can't have Joel take four to five threes a game, then you've got to make a move. Then you're looking at Tobias. You're looking at Al. And that leads into the next segment. Bleacher Report's doing this whole NBA GM fantasy league where they kind of like take control of, you know, the all 30 teams and like kind of run the team as they see fit. So the GM that they had running the 76ers and the GM that they had running the Kings made a deal. The deal was Tobias Harris, Josh Richardson, Zaire Smith. Uh, 2022 protected first-round pick in a trade exception to the Kings for Buddy Heald, Harrison Barnes, and Corey Joseph. Now, honestly, on paper, Cam, that's a really good deal if you're Philadelphia, if we're going to be completely honest.
1: Yeah, it's a – and then, wait, I'm I'm not sure if uh, – was Bogdanovich in that deal or – because I thought I saw – no.
0: No, it was Heald and Harrison Barnes and then Corey Joseph.
1: Okay, all right, I just wanted to make sure. But still, yeah, like you said – Great. That's a good deal for Philly. I mean, when I first saw that, I was like, I don't know. But then like, as I started to think about it more, I was like, hey, this this is pretty solid. I mean, you get Buddy Heald, one of the more underrated players in the league. Corey Joseph, he's always been a good spot up shooter. Um, Harrison Barnes, he's a nice, you know, wing defender type player, uh, kind of do a good rebounder. So, that that could really be good for Philly that gives them more to a little bit more depth at the wing in my opinion buddy hill you know he can shoot well um, cre- you know create offense that that could be a nice backcourt pairing ben simmons buddy hill um, yeah that that could that could be pretty good Exactly. When you look and you think about it, Buddy Heald
0: is a career 41.1% yeah. three-point shooter. So you add that next to Ben and Joe, and then you got Harrison Barnes, who can play either the three or the four. Right. And, and he's shooting, I think, 37% from deep, somewhere around that number. So a very, another very good number. And Corey Joseph, Corey Joseph, good three-point shooter and a very underrated, more than capable backup point guard which is another uh, which is another another need. another need that this team needs to fill. So you're getting three really good players who can fill your needs and you're giving up Tobias who to be honest with you you kind of that that contract's going to be going to become an albatross within the next 2-3 years. I hate to say it because Tobias is a very I good player. I feel like it is now. But but like yeah, yeah, you can't pay him 180 million dollars. You just can't do that. Like, not – I don't know. I'm not trying
1: to really get into it because he's such a good player and he's a good guy, but it's like $180 That's crazy. Because when I was just seeing, like, how Philly's going to really be limited cap-wise going forward, I was seeing that that yesterday, how they're going to be so limited cap-wise going forward. And then also, too, with just overall, more macro level, you have the pandemic going on and salary caps. That's just going to be going down for everyone. So it's like, hey – Money is going to end up being tight here, and it's really going to end up looking relatively bad. Uh, again, yeah, like you said, Tobias is a good player, but um, just with everything that's going on, salary caps, you know, likely going down, it's going to, it's not going to be pretty.
0: Right. And, and I mean, like, obviously the Sixers couldn't predict a pandemic. Right. But, yeah, exa- uh, Yeah, for sure. But, you know, at the end of the day, though, I mean, they, they still did give out these big, huge contracts. And- yeah. The salary cap was going to be lowered next year regardless, even before this thing happened because of the lack of right. team revenue and what happened with Daryl Morey China in China in the preseason. There the, the was already projected to be lower, and now right. this the whole thing it's is going to be, be messed up. Yeah. So I don't think the Sixers are really in a position right now to like really even trade Tobias or Al unless you really uh, try to attach an asset to one of them. Now the only assets you really have, Cam, are probably like Matisse Thybul, who they're definitely not. The you really,
1: yeah, I was gonna say you don't really want to trade him.
0: Yeah, exactly. You're not, you're not TV. trying to trade him. And then you could maybe throw Josh Richardson in there. His contract expires next summer, so he's going to be on an expiring deal next year. And then this year's draft pick. Again, you're you're kind of playing with like limited assets, and you got no cap room. And I'm not sure how the Sixers can even. Improve on next season, considering they're going to have like six million dollars tops to really It'll play work, with in, in free agency. Where the only guys are going to be able to go after are like veterans who are going to be hoping to help a team on a title run. Maybe Goran Dragic, but Dragic, I've heard actually, is now pretty comfortable in Miami. You can maybe look at DJ Augustine then. I mean, like the, your options are limited.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the, the fact that their options are limited kind of. Help that, that the free agency season, there not being a whole lot of big free agents. That could help just because it's like, hey, we don't have to go after this big guy that's going rec- to warrant a lot of money. It's like, we're not going after Giannis or anything like that. We're just like, dude's going to want a lot of money. So the fact that the options are limited, I guess, could help because these mid level guys, like lower level guys, aren't going to require as much money. So it's like, hey, who can we really like look at and say, oh they can help us in the short term i mean that that's what contending teams that's what you really have to do as a contending team this day and age look for someone who can help you in the short term you know sign up for maybe one or two years and then that's it so that that's really what i mean every summer is you got to be on it you know just right. the way the way there's so much turnover in the league now every offseason. Right,
0: exactly. Now, obviously, we don't even know what the salary cap's even going to be like or free agency going to be like until the conclusion of this season. We don't know if the season will conclude or or if they're just going to kind of cancel the remainder of the season. John Morant and Jared Dudley are two guys on Twitter who came out and said, yeah, I want to play, like, um, but Jared Dudley kind of does bring up a good point, though, Cam. I mean, like, if, if they don't have the playoffs even, uh, and, you know, combine that with the pandemic and China and everything else, right. the players are going to be kind of be screwed out of money. Because I even saw that Ben Simmons and Jamal Murray, two guys who signed extensions last summer, if there's no playoffs next year, or, or excuse me, no playoffs this year, they're going to be losing out each, like, $10 million.
1: That's Yeah, that's, that's some money right there. I, I mean... Especially, too, when you look at, you know, playoff rosters and $10 million for, like, maybe the eighth guy on the bench. But it's, you know, on the I mean, eighth guy in the rotation that that that's some money. I mean, because right. they're 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 not making, you know, a whole lot. I mean, they're making a lot. But like compared to like for some sure. of these other players like, who are making a whole like, you know, max level contract players, they're right. not making on that on that level where. You know. Right. And if
0: and if a guy like Ben Simmons is going to miss out on, like, on a lot of money like that, what about the eighth man that you're that you're just mentioning? They're going to be missing out on a lot of money too.
1: Yeah. So yeah.
0: so this is what I'm saying. And you know, Adam Silver, he held a conference call with the players last Friday and he basically told them, Listen, uh if we return and a player tests positive, we're not going to stop the season. We're going to self quarantine that guy and we're going to continue to play. Which unfortunately it's kind of it does sound a little insensitive but at the end of the day the nba is a business it's not just a game and you know like they're going to be missing out on a lot of money too and also a vaccine isn't going to be coming within the next you know couple months like it's going to take a while before they come out with one so we all have to kind of make adjustments in our in our lives to kind of live with this virus until the vaccine gets created i mean that's good. that's just kind of how we have to deal with it right now
1: yeah yeah I and mean, it's definitely unfortunate but yeah you're right I mean that's kind of what we're getting to because you know it's two months that you know the U.S. has you know that has been uh, on shutdown so because you know once the NBA once Rudy Gobert Bear tested presented positive for it that's when the U.S. started really seeing like oh like this is a problem because Tom Hanks and his wife also um, tested positive around that same time so it's like hey we're on two months now how long can we conceivably do this, you know, financially from a national perspective? Because it's you're like, you're starting to see like states already opening their things like in Ohio today, um, the malls, like shopping malls and stuff like reopened. So it's like, hey, we're going to have to get back to somewhat normal at some point because, you know, people, they can't stay in their homes for, you know, forever long. But, you know, we do have to take the necessary precautions to stay safe, um, just keep washing our hands and then things like that and just staying safe. No, for
0: sure. And I, and I completely agree. And and this is what I was saying about the NBA, too, though, like, like to, to your point, you can't just kind of, you know, stop business and stop playing. And, and as I mentioned, the league as a whole is going to miss out on a lot of money. And it won't just be the, you know, hitting the owner's pockets. It's going to hit the players' pockets, too. Like they're not going to be able to get paid as much as what their contract said, because listen, we don't have it right now. And and then you're going to have to take a big pay cut. And then, you know, everything else in between, it's, just, it's going to be a complete mess. So as you, as you said, Cam, you, you have to kind of like make the adjustment in our J in our daily lives and continue to, be a little more self-conscious big make sure you're washing your hands which to be to be completely fair you you shouldn't have to have a right. pandemic to like realize you should probably yeah. wash your hands i mean like you should be doing that regardless, regardless but, exactly yeah <laughs> i mean it took a pandemic for that to happen i can't believe that anywho um but yeah you know like like we wear the masks and stuff like that just, to, just until the vaccine is created then when that's created then we can get back to completely normal but we have to kind of, you know, restart again. At least, at least, in my opinion, you you got to be able to kind of get life going again. Because yeah. I feel like we're headed towards like a crazy great depression in terms of like economy. Now, I'm not very smart, so I'm not even going to try to touch that. But like, look, the feeling I'm
1: getting. Yeah, I mean, I, I just hope you know everything because I mean, unemployment is going up, and yeah, like I'm not going to get into all that, but right, um, it, it's just you know, it's it's definitely an issue that's gonna be with us for a while like this isn't going away anytime soon right and we're probably gonna have to deal with it you know we're gonna have to deal with this for the rest of the year and probably well into next year as well so it's like hey make sure you're taking the right precautions exactly um, you know with you and your loved ones your family your friends yeah i've been saying
0: it all along i think the season's going to restart in july I hope it does. I hope it remains that way. And, you know, whether it be in Orlando or Vegas, I mean, I'm telling you right now, you can finish up the season in five weeks, six weeks even. I mean, you can have so many back-to-backs, not back-to-back-to-backs like they did the lockout year, but you can have playoffs and back-to-backs here and try to get this done as quickly as possible and let's go from there.
1: Now, I saw Shaq. Was it
0: Shaq who came out and said the champion will have an asterisk,
1: asterisk this year? Yeah, yeah, that. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, he said that and then, uh, Charles Barkley is saying they should cancel um, the season.
0: Well, I mean, to be completely fair, I mean, like, I don't really see how this season would – season's champion would have an asterisk considering that everybody is dealing with the same type of issues. Right. And yeah. we, we've mentioned it on here before. When you go into the playoffs, your momentum is gone right now. Everybody's at home everyone yeah everybody's at home I mean I know that some teams have reopened their their facilities but not all of them have Uh, unless
1: like you were like an injury say like you had injuries on your team and those guys are fine now right but but, I mean like Ben Simmons I mean did anyone really think that Ben Simmons was going to miss the playoffs even if no even yeah I mean like even if uh, this didn't happen like he was like they were he was going to be in the playoffs I mean you know he was going to I mean, yeah, people like, – I don't think anyone really thought that he wasn't going to be fine. His back wasn't going to be okay right. by the time the playoffs started. Maybe he missed – I don't know. Maybe he'll miss, like, a game or something, like, like one game. But uh, I, didn't, I didn't think he would miss any time. And uh, the Celtics, they had some, you know, like, you know, t- like some injuries where it's, like, kind of nagging things. But, I mean, I don't think really anyone – I don't remember anyone really having any pressing injuries where – contending teams especially where it's like, oh, that's going to have an effect. Right. I mean,
0: at the at the end of the day, I do believe that the players and, and, the, and, you know, the ownership groups and managing groups really, you know, hammer something out to try to finish out the season, because it's the same way that I believe with with uh, with baseball, too. I know that the owners in baseball have even agreed to the deal to kind of start the the major league baseball season. And then now they just kind of have to get the players on board. But the only thing the players and the owners are arguing about right now is money, you know, in, in terms of that. So i I'm like, I, I believe sports will return. Uh, on top of that, Cam, did you actually get a chance to catch uh, the UFC uh, fight the other night? Uh, when, now, listen, I'm not a UFC person. Like, I'm not yeah. like big boxing UFC. It's not my thing. But I wanted to watch it because I want to see how, how sports would be without fans. Okay, fair enough. So I, I was kind of watching it. And I mean, the coaches, like the UFC coaches, there they had masks on. Um, the, the The referee didn't. He just had gloves. And the player and uh, the fighters kind of like it was a regular fight. They just went at it. What I thought okay. was really, what I thought was really cool was obviously because since there's no fans, you could hear the punches actually connect. Yeah. Okay. I, which, which I was like, like Ooh. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> it was, like, it was kind of scary if we're going to be completely honest. I guess not like our like bones were broken. I was like, Oh.
1: I saw this one uh Twitter fight. I don't know. I guess it was in Richmond, Virginia. Oh, I've seen that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> dude, roundhouse kicked the one dude. I was like, Oh, man. For no
0: reason, too. For like no oh, reason. It
1: had to be for a reason. I don't. <laughs> I don't know what that reason was, but they were fighting about something. I don't know,
0: man. Don't, just, if you just... haven't
1: seen that video, just, just look it up. Go, dude, on Twitter. Yeah. go find
0: it on Twitter. Just look up it's fight. It's on there. It's it's hilarious. But a- anyway, like, I kind of thought about that, how that would work for, like, basketball. And I don't think you could have, like, a crowd mic because, to be yeah. completely honest with you, I mean, like, you have dudes cursing by, like, every other word. But other than that, dude, I mean, it, it looked – it looked like kind of normal, you know? And, and I feel like the NBA could definitely do that. Just have the TV crews and air it out on broadcast on TV. And we're such a go, man. I mean, like, I thought UFC kind of laid out a good blueprint for them.
1: Okay, I mean, but also, too, with UFC, that's an individual sport. And it is. And it's not, like, reliant. It's not so reliant on the crowd, especially with the NBA playoffs. I mean, NBA playoffs crowds are just
0: different. 100% agree with you. 100% yeah. agree with it. I've seen it. We've all seen it. But yeah. the big thing is, though, and Magic Johnson said this, the, uh, I think, last week or something. I mean, players, sure, they feed off the crowd and everything, but, like, you, they don't There's really still, yeah. necessarily need that to kind of get the competitive juices going. Because, right.
1: They're going to play, yeah.
0: Yeah, like, as it's competitors, good. like, as soon as that ball goes up, man, it's me against you. Let's get to work. So uh, I'm, right. I'm, definitely, I'm definitely interested to see how, see how that's going to go. I, th- I think it's feasible. I really do. I think it's feasible.
1: Now nah, it could be like. Well, I'm not gonna say it's gonna be like the the Jordan uh, Dome pickup runs, but right, like right. <laughs> it could it could have a nice like um like pickup kind of atmosphere because it's just like it could be it could be more like pure, I guess you know. You know, kind of like
0: kind of like the summer league when in Orlando. Yeah. Do you, do you
1: remember yeah. that? Yeah, like that. Yeah, like that. There's really there's just the coach like AAU. It's like AAU almost.
0: Yeah, the, yeah, that too. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel I feel like it's yeah. definitely um, I, I feel like it's definitely feasible, man. I really do. Now, as we end this off, guys, I finally made it to round thirty on five. I made okay. it to round, and then I made it to round thirty-two uh, last night. So that is my new record on five, man. I feel very proud of myself because that map is hard. That map is like the toughest Congrats. map. Congrats! Congrats! That's like the toughest map in Black Ops One Zombies history. So. Definitely fit, happy with myself. Cam, how about you on on a uh, war man? You got the gulag yet?
1: Man, dude, I haven't. Well, my friends, they haven't been playing too much, so I just been like, you know, leveling up my MP7 on multiplayer. I'm getting all my camos together, man. I'm just, okay, okay. I just been ball. See, like I'm the type of dude that like plays with my friends, and I end up being like, you know, maybe the third, fourth option in multiplayer, like third, fourth best guy but mm. then i play by myself and i'm just like i'm just nice like i just carry the team with some like randoms or whatever
0: listen i got you listen like, it be like know, that sometimes it depends on who you playing I'm the,
1: with i'm the best of the rest man i'm the best of the rest
0: you know i like it you you're the best though you just say you're the <laughs> best that's all you have to that's all you need to hear all you need to hear all right guys again happy early birthday to cam tomorrow happy early man. birthday my guy <laughs> And we're hey. going to have to end it right there. Thank you everyone for listening. It. Make sure you tune yeah. us in on Apple and, and Spotify and SixersWire.com and everything else in between. So for Cam, I'm Kai. We're out. We'll see you guys next time on The Bell Ringer.